Aurora is going to be one of the lead singers. I can feel it. I love it. Aurora is five months old? Six now. Oh, my goodness. Look at her back there. I just, I get, I know, I know. It's awesome. I want to do that. That is like, she is cool. She's on cue. She claps and stuff. It's awesome. Well, we're going to dismiss our children's uh, ministry, kindergarten through fifth grade, to meet the leaders in the back there. If you're visiting today and, and um, don't know our children's ministry, you can stay. I mean, feel free for the kids to stay in with us, and you can meet the, the leaders later. But now would be the time if you're going to go to children's worship that you're, you can be dismissed. Some of the kids are just bolting out the door. That's great. I love that. That's neat. Well, how are we doing this morning? We doing good? Yeah? God is good? Yeah? Well, uh, we're going to continue with uh, talking about unity and the building up of the body and how that works together in what we do, um, I think as a church, but of course as Four Corners Baptist Church also. And I am going to, I do want to show, as soon as I can fire this thing up, there we go. I do want to show um, just a couple of pictures from uh, our picnic yesterday. We had a great time picnic at the park yesterday, and there was like so much food, it was crazy. Um, but uh, just, it was a good thing. The only thing we couldn't do is the uh, water balloon volleyball, because we couldn't find any water, believe it or not, at the park. But we'll continue that one day, and, and, and it was just a blast. But um, I, Robert, I'm sorry, I did not catch you. I, I didn't realize you were jumping over the picnic tables. Where are you at, Robert? And so that was, that, yeah, that, see, that was awesome, though. You, that, they didn't see you, you hurdle over the first one, and you're getting, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then LaCook, he did a good job there. David, you did awesome. And just a couple of pictures. I just grabbed them real quick. Brenda sent me a couple. And we had a great time. Um, we, new families were, were joining us, had some visitors, and I just love it. I love going out. I, I, love, I love the church, of course. I love the building, if you will, the church proper as we meet. But I love going out. I love leaving and going out and engaging people and, and having fellowship and fun. So, and played a little cornhole. And here we are. I am going to review a little bit this Sunday um, to make sure we're kind of all up to speed. Uh, and, and actually, there's um, some that weren't here last Sunday. So this will be beneficial. And then the ones that were here last Sunday, who remembers the sermon from last Sunday? Raise your hand. There's two of you. That's awesome. That's, um, I made the comment. Do you remember last Sunday that 90 something percent will leave and five minutes later you go, now what did he preach on? You know, I do the same thing. Don't worry about it. You know, um, someone asked me this morning what, what, what I was preaching on and I'm going, oh, I know what it is. Uh, what do you think? I had to, I had to think a minute. Uh, God is good though. And he's the one that stirs our hearts and he's the one that will take his word. Uh, we need to be faithful to teach it, to preach it, to speak it. But God is the one that will engage us, engage our heart, and reveal to us his truth. And so we, last week we were in Romans 15, 1 through 7. I am going to go fairly quick. It's review, so I am going to go fairly quick. Um, and I do want to also say my lessons I learned from VBS. So let's review this. Here we go. So we had Vacation Bible School, and one thing that I learned from Vacation Bible School was there was a common vision, or a common vision brought about unity. And, and a common vision always brings unity. It always brings unity. And it, it's not only in a church, but in a family. 
Families, you have to have a common vision. Uh, even at work, you have to have a common vision. Because if you don't, you, you just kind of do your own thing and you feel lost. And so a common vision is essential, not only in our lives, but especially in the church. And then I learned that the many became one. It was so awesome to watch so many people so quickly come together and serve, right? And it is, sometimes you think it's almost impossible, but the many people, the volunteers came together and they had one common vision and, and, they, and they became one to carry out that vision. And then challenges were quickly corrected. This is the one that I commented on I love the most. You know, life is not without challenges, Right? I mean, it, it has challenges. Life has challenges. But the bottom line is, when you have vision and you have unity, even the biggest challenge, all of a sudden what you do is you find yourself not so much about yourself because you know that your preference isn't so important. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't have to be your way because you know you have like five seconds before 30 kids are going to hit that cafe, you know? And, and so you got to come together. And so it's, just, it's awesome to watch and to learn. And then I learned we were more sensitive to God's leading. And uh, all of a sudden, when um, you find yourself talking to a child or another volunteer about Jesus, about what God's wanting to do and desiring to, to do in their life, again, it changes things, you know? Next thing you know, we're a little more sensitive to, to God wanting to move, and we kind of take that deep breath, and we might share, we might pray, we might teach, you know? We might just lead someone to get a drink of water, but it's awesome. So here we go, Romans 15, 1 and 2. This is still review. And for some of you, if you're wondering how or why I repeat myself sometimes, it's because I forget what I said a minute ago. No, it's because we, we, we do have people online that listen, quite a few people that listen to us by web. And so I'm constantly repeating uh, so they know where we're at in Scripture and, and things like that. Okay, so here we go, Romans 15, 1. And two, we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and the comfort of scriptures might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort Grant to you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may, with one mind and one mouth, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Glorify God together. Therefore, receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Romans fifteen five through seven. I get I get excited um, I, about the word period. <laughs> But I'm telling you, when I, when, I, when I know God's heart right here, that verse 6, that you may be with one mind and one mouth. Glorify God. You, you put stuff aside. There's, there's a place and a time, I think as, as always, as much as we can, but there's a place and time where you have to take that deep breath and God goes, church, listen, this is what I have for you to do. Listen, this is what I have for your heart. This is what I have for your life, for your family, for you individually. And with one mind and one heart and one mouth, speak the same things. And here we go. Are you going to trust me? Are you going to do what, what I have you to do? And, and God just so desires for us to be in Christ, to be in his son, to take seriously that for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, right? That whoever will believe in him shall what? Have everlasting life. 
He takes that seriously, and he has and desires that for us. So now we come to today. And so in your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 5.11, we're going to read the Word of God together. This is Building Each Other Up is the uh, title, if you will, part two. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. And actually, in your worship guides today, I do have some fill-in-the-blanks. Um, and I did that for Denise. Where's Denise? Well, oh, she is? Well, tell her I did this for her. So she, she'll have to listen to the sermon and fill-in-the-blanks. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Okay, here we go. You ready? You know, we're created in the image of God, and I know most of us know that. Uh, We grab it sometimes, so it doesn't matter the language. Uh, Matter of fact, we have several languages in this room right now. I I could ask you to interpret, if you will, what I'm saying, come out in a different language that can point to the same God. And it's so interesting, as I watch this video you know, that God desires um, that we are in unity, that we speak the same thing, that we come together, and that we have vision. But the bottom line is, it's, it's, about, it's about us as an individual walking with God, doing what he's created us to do. And you know, that's the deepest thing that I know personally and that I hear the most from people. I just want to know what my purpose is. I just, I just want to know why God has me here. I just, I just want to know. And, and so life happens and we start to fade a little, right? I mean, you know, I, I, again, I, I can understand. Next thing you know, we get busy and we fade away from that yearning, but it just comes back and it comes back and it comes back and it comes back. And, and I know one thing that I come back to, I'll say this, um, I'm going to say this as a pastor, um, I don't normally say that like this, but I will because that's what God has called me to do. Why would I not express that? And as a pastor, I have to come back to the one thing, even more so as I grow and mature in Christ. Now watch. And that's this, his love. See, it's his love. It's his love that we'll fade from and not understand. If we fade from God's love, that's when we start wondering, what is the purpose of my life? What what do you want me to do, God? And, and, and God just simply says, well, I want you to be you. I want, I want you to be who I created you to be. And that's what I want. I, you don't need to go do stuff and build riches. And you just, what do you, I just want you to be you and be close to me. We're going to look at that this morning. So here we go. First Thessalonians 5.11 begins like this. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Now, there's a story prior to this, and we don't have enough time this morning to unpack it all. So I'm kind of jumping into the middle of a story. But the bottom line is, Paul is encouraging the church. And he's, 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 he's expressing, you know what? This is what God has created you to do. Be about that business. And he jumps in here in verse 11 when he says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing Because Paul realizes that we all need encouragement. We all need to be built up. And I don't mean falsely, and I don't mean, you know, we we, we have this encouragement that just is, uh, well, you're doing great when you're really not. 
you know, or it's, it's not at all what he's saying. He's just, but what Paul's, where he's coming from is he's going, look, as believers in Christ, as believers in God, and his desire for you is to encourage one another. And the best way to do that is to receive his love and put others first. That's tough. It's hard to put others first. Now, some would say they do it, and they probably do. But for the many, we don't. We, we usually don't, right? The first thing we want to do is kind of put us first. And that's not a downer. That's not maybe critical. But the problem is, that's the deal. We start fading again from that, that love that God has for us. And the next thing you know, we lose vision. We lose vision for the church. We lose vision for our families. And now listen, and we lose vision for ourselves. Usually in that order. And the next thing you know, when you lose vision for yourself, that's when you try to do you can do to refine who you are. But it won't happen. You can only find that in the Word, in, in Christ. Now, I'm going to keep reading. Now, I purposely didn't put this part up here. Let me keep reading. You can read with me in your Bibles or in, with your phones. But it says this, verse 12. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idols, the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you to do. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He'll surely do it. Ah, it's saying so much. So we're going to break it down a little bit this morning. Say, God, speak to us here. So first I wanted to look in the beginning when we start in verse 12. I want to look at what the word's telling us for everyday life. In first verse 12, I'm not going to repeat the verses in this case. Um, I will right now to give you a perspective of where we're at. But then I'm just going to uh, give us some uh, bullet points, if you will, or some points to what I feel God's wanting us to, to hear out of his word this morning. So, out of verse 12, respect those who labor among you and admonish you. Who knows what the word admonish means? Because it's not necessarily a good word for some, or at least we don't think it is. It's really to speak truth. It's really, it's to build up, but it's to say it like it is. To admonish you. To, like if you're doing something that's not quite right or you're beginning to fade, that those who labor among you, now in this case would be, would be like a pastor or a teacher or a, hu- a husband over his home or whatever. But anyway, those who work among you and, and they're, they're leading you, when they come up to you, they're, I, I hope anyway, they're not anybody, but God's put it on their heart to walk with you and to help you and to teach you. And so Paul's saying, those who come up to you to admonish you, to kind of like tell you what it is, what, I mean, what Christ is and what the word is saying, when you might be fading, you know, he's saying, you know, respect them. 
You know, I don't, I don't know that you might not like what is being said at the time, but pray about it and respect them. Then be at peace among yourself. And, of course, being at peace, a lot of times it, in translations, I think it's very literal, uh, but this is a peace that surpasses all understanding. This just isn't a peace. Well, you know, this is happening against my life, Pastor Tony, and I just have a peace about it. Well, that's good. You know, I'm glad that we have a peace about a lot of things. But this is saying when we respect those who labor among us, that help us and admonish us, that speak truth into our life, then that brings peace. You know, at first it might be turmoil. At first you might go, ah, I don't like that. But eventually it brings peace, a peace that surpasses understanding. What does that mean? That God then is allowed to get through your filters you put up maybe or walls in your life. And he can speak into your heart in order to bring a peace that surpasses our understanding. And then he goes on to say, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted. Now, admonish the idle. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think um, anyone in here would fit this description. But, you know, sometimes uh, you just might have that thing where uh, you don't want to work. You don't want to go to work. You don't want to do anything. And, you know, that happens for a day, then a week, then a month. And, and, and just, you just have this tendency again to fade and go, you know what? I just, I just, I just don't want to do that. And actually, again, now Paul's saying, you know what? You got, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to translate in, into, uh, I, I think, what's current for our day. What Paul is saying is, you know what? If someone's lazy, tell them. Wake them up. It's okay. Tell them. You know? I don't mean walk up to someone and go, you know what? You're lazy. Man, you're lazy. I just got to, you're lazy. But, but admonish them means you tell them in love. You tell them to build them up, to encourage them. But you tell them. When you don't tell someone something that, you know, you feel they should be doing, again, you're talking about church, you're talking about family, you're talking about relationships. When you don't speak it, why would you expect anything to change? And do you not want better for your children, for, right? For, for your wife. If I don't tell Trish what she needs to do, then I don't feel good about myself, right? I just wanted to see if you guys are listening. I, okay. So help the weak. So as we're, as we're looking at everyday life, we need to respect those who labor among us. That gives us that peace. We're to admonish one another we're to, and to encourage one another um, that, that, are, that are faint-hearted and we're to help the weak. Now, what's the weak? The weak can mean the poor, the, 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 maybe the sick, uh, literally the weak, but it also means spiritually. You know, those that are desiring to grow in the Lord, those that are desiring to, to, to better themselves, will help them. We're to, we're to pause, we're to help them. Just like that video, right? Pause and help them. Now, what does it gain us? Um, usually not a lot. And if, and if we expect to gain something from it, then we're probably going to be in trouble. You know, I just, we are, you know, because then, because then it just doesn't play out the same. And then it says, be patient with, the, with them all. And if you look at everyday life and how that plays out, Bottom line is it kind of gets to this right here because when you're doing these things right there and then and then as a body people are doing that back to you, what do you need? A lot of patience because you're working it out together. You're trying to figure life out together and it's not easy, but don't give up. You know, we can't give up because it, it eventually will bring peace and unity and that's what Paul's desire is for us to understand. All right, and then I looked at the area as we move into being an encourager. Verse 15, it says, See that no one repays anyone evil for evil. Has anyone ever had something 
done to you, and I, I, meant it, I meant to say it like that, done to you that you didn't deserve anyone. Okay. Did you want to punch him out, kick him? Anyone ever feel like that? I'm just bad. <laughs> man, when I was younger, before I was a believer, I used to punch out walls, man. I, I mean, I just did. I'd get I so angry. Things would happen. And, and not that I was perfect, but, you know, that, that that had nothing to do with me. And there's a few holes in the wall. I'd just get mad. Instead of punching them, I'd punch a wall. And uh, But now as a believer, I don't do that anymore. I don't punch walls. Sometimes I do it in my heart, but I I don't do it physically. I, of course, we, we we can get mad and angry whether we put our trust in Christ or not, right? We, we we can, but the thing is, is is he says, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil. Now, who caught this? See that no one repays. Who caught that? You know what's what is that saying? It's not just saying that. See that no one, like me speaking to you. See that none of you. Right? It's actually saying, Tony, step in and be a part of this. Well, so you might think I'm picking on you guys. But Trish. All right, so <laughs> so if Trish is having this struggle and, and she's going, look, I'm really having this time. You know, something happened at work or something here, something there. That I don't just stay quiet. That, that, and she's speaking, well, you know what? I'm going to get them. I'm going to pay them back. He's saying to step in and go, no. You know, don't, it's, it's not worth it. Don't go there. So, so we're literally, as a body, as a family, we're interacting with one another, and we're encouraging one another. It's not worth it, by the way, and it's not. Evil never begots evil. And I, I, I've struggled in that. We all do, and all will. But, but I'm much more mature in that today than I ever have been. Don't repay evil for evil, Paul's saying. Just don't go there. You can't. No matter how much satisfaction you think you'll have for the moment, you'll never win. And it says, seek to do good, one another. And that's in verse 15 again. So we're not, we're not paying anyone evil for evil, but we seek to good, do good. And that's that interaction again. I'm seeking out. I am personally wanting you to seek me out and, and observe my life. And where I need help or where I need encouragement or what I need to be told like it is, do so according to the word of God now. Right? But we're to seek to do good. It's an action thing. It's not just a set still. We're to do what God has us to do. And then this is God's will for your life. Who knows what God's will for your life is? There better be someone in this house that knows. Andy, what's God's will for our life? Well, I'm going to put it like this. John 6.40 says what? For this is the will of God, that he who looks upon the Son of God and believes in him shall be saved. God's will, watch this, is to be saved. God's will for our life is to be saved. Full circle, when I started this morning, right, I said, what is it about? Our heart toward God. Created in the image of God, our heart toward God. So listen, God's will for our lives John, is John 640. For this is the will. I mean, you can turn there real quick if you want. It's, it says literally, for this is the will of God, that he or she that looks upon the Son of God and believes in him shall be saved. That's his will. So now, what is his purpose for our life is to glorify God. 
We, he only, we only have, you know, it's, it's I mean, I, again, I got to remind myself all the time. But, you know, if, I, if I'm in his will, I'm a born-again believer. I've repented of my sin, which means to turn from living life my way, and I put my trust in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for me, right? So I'm in God's will. I don't have to ask if I'm in God's will. I don't have to wonder if I'm in God's will. If you're in this room and you're a born-again believer, guess what? You're in his will. You don't have to wonder. You can celebrate that. You can claim that. You don't have, you don't have to, you know what I'm saying? You live in a different world. It's not this one anymore. And that's, uh, that's an amen. So, so then we go, okay, so God, I'm in your will. I'm a born again believer and I know my only purpose is to glorify you. That's it. See, again, we don't have to wonder. We, you guys, we don't, we don't have to second guess God. We don't have to go, you know, God, should I do this? Because the, the answer or the question is, will it glorify me? And if you don't have the answer or if you go, hmm, well, I think it will, then don't do it. Just wait, you know, pray, stop. I'm in his will. I'm a believer. And I never have to question, never, if I'm living his purpose, if I'm glorifying him, ever. It doesn't matter what it is. Being here today in my family, college, not college, work, not work. It's so liberating to know that, but at the same time, it's so captivating because in our spirit, our sin-fallen spirit, we go, ah, but you know, you know, Tony, Pastor Tony, it ain't me, it's God. God, you're taking away all my excuses. You're, 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 you know, you got to understand, God. You know, um, if your will is that I be saved and your purpose is that I glorify you, uh, there's not a whole lot in between here going on. And you're taking away my excuses that, because isn't it better that I just kind of wonder and pray and I don't know? No. But here's how it plays out. Now, what's his plan for your life? This is a side note if you don't, haven't caught that. I just feel like I, I, need, I need to sh- teach this right now. It's his plan that needs to be worked out. The Bible says to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. So it's his plan that I basically we're really looking at today. And how does that play out? It's his plan that most of us are wondering. If you're asking yourself, what is, what is God's purpose for my life? I feel like I'm just missing it. And, and, and believe me, you're in the majority. So, you know, don't be going, ah, you know, it's just me. Because it's not. Who do you think Paul's writing to? He's writing to the church that guess what they're trying to do? Find their purpose. They're trying to find their way. And he's helping to guide them there. It's his plan we need to understand. So how do I take the salvation God has given me? How do I work that out in fear and trembling and love of God? And the very fundamental, if you will, that relationship I have with God. And glorify his, glorify his name in everyday life. So watch as we expound on this. For this is God's will for your life, found in verse 16, to rejoice always. How do you live out your salvation? How do you glorify God? Someone someone comes up to you and they fire you unjustly. You just go, praise God, right? Is that what you do? Ah, it's devastating. It hurts. But you know what? You've got to work it out. It does no good to repay evil for evil. Um, a husband, a wife, a friend, uh, whatever relationship you might have, all of a sudden someone says something hurtful, which happens all the time. We're, you know, we're human, we're people. Rejoice. N- not that they're saying something hurtful, 
but in God. Rejoice that you're, you, you put your trust in Christ, that you have the love of God, that he has given you an heir to his kingdom, and that he'll never leave you or forsake you. Rejoice, even if it is just in your heart, and even if it does hurt. For a time will soon come where your heart that has evil not in it, that wants to repay evil, but has a peace of God and understanding, and then you'll rejoice. For he's given you the victory in the heart to forgive, to move on, to not hate. And you know what? Think about this. You, you, you know you've been here. I hope you have. But when you have that kind of heart to reconcile, the next thing you know, you're talking with that person. You found out they didn't even say what they, you thought they said. Or you know what I mean? And, and you just go, ah, man, if I just would have taken the time. So rejoice. Pray without ceasing. God, help me out here. <laughs> pray, 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 pray. This is God's will. And this is how we look at at our, again, the body of Christ, as we look at when God gives us a, a vision and we move out together and we're in unity and we're of one mind and we're speaking the same things and all of a sudden everything is, in it, the, you all know the term hunky-dory or is that my term? Who knows, that, who's ever heard of hunky-dory? Okay, okay. Um, and the three different languages in here, would you please translate that in your own language? Because I don't, I don't know how that plays out. But everything, you know, just hunky-dory. But the, but the bottom line is, when we're confronted with these things and, and, and we start having a common vision and moving out, you know what? We'll be challenged. Challenges will come. If we take God's word seriously, we, you know, we can't just go, well, you know what? I'm not going to respond to you. I'm just going to rejoice always and, and, and be prayerful. And you know what? God said it. I'm good. And, and, and there will be no repercussions, no consequences. There will be the other person is just going to embrace me and they're going to love me because I'm doing what God wants. It do, usually doesn't happen like that right away. You know, when you're, when you're looking at making changes in your life like we're looking at today and taking that deep breath and, and understanding what God has for us and how do we respond to people, how do we respond to life, how do we get the proper perspective that I'm a born-again believer so I'm exactly in God's will. And that his purpose for my life is to glorify him. Now, how does that work out? Where it works out for the plan that God has for my life. That I use my talents, my, my gifts. Give thanks in all circumstances. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I scare you? <laughs> it's like, hallelujah. <laughs> I, sorry, sorry, Brenda. I didn't. Give thanks in all circumstances. What's this word right here? Oh, take that to heart. Give thanks in all circumstances. And again, it's he's not saying, you know, like, you know, everything's right. You know, be a doormat. Uh, he, he's saying with your relationship in God, be so close. With In your relationship with one another, be so close. You know, that we, we might not be agreeing. We might not um, understand what's going on. But we're going to praise you, God, because you are a God that's always in control. And that's a hard one for me to grab, quite frankly, sometimes, you know, but he is always in control. And so how does that play out in, in our life? And then this is the will of God. That's how he summarizes his will. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. 
So, how to be an encourager. Number one, found in verse 19, do not quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. When the Word of God or a person speaks the Word of God, speaks to your heart, don't just dismiss it. Don't just go, well, you know, I don't know if you really know what you're saying, God. And don't quench it. Don't dismiss it. And do not despise prophecies. Again, that's going back to the word. That's going back to what's being spoken. Now, not just period. Uh, You know, I'm not God. But it's what's being spoken, the word of God that's being spoken. Test everything. And and this is what, when I'm saying everything's not exactly probably uh, perfect, like I was saying before, right? That, That when we feel God speaking to us and we feel... Uh, that we're being challenged and we feel like, you know, we can't really see a common vision. We can't really see what's going on. But at the same time, as we go about God's business and being prayerful and thankful and rejoicing, we still test it and we test it by God's word. I'll give you a real simple, simple example. The simple example is the Bible says thou shall not steal, right? We're not to steal things. And I know that's a simple example. But so um, you're with someone or you're tempted to steal. But anyway, you guys are at a store and, and you see something and you go, oh, man, that's kind of cool. I don't have the money right now. And, and, and there's a temptation to take it uh, or there's a temptation to, I don't know, cheat on your taxes or you know, whatever. You guys know what I mean. We're constantly confronted with temptations and things like that in life. And so bottom line is test it. Okay, if I go to steal something and I encourage you not to, or you encourage me not to steal something, can I back that up biblically? Yeah, I can go to the Word of God and thou shall not steal. Now, I know it's a simple, simple illustration, but that's how that works. Test all things. Test it through the Word of God. If you have a question, test it. Hold fast to what is good. That word right there, hold, means literally hold. It, it, it doesn't just mean, oh, it's dear to me, or that's okay, or I should do that. It means to literally hold on to, don't let it go. Hold on to what is good. And, and what is good? God is good. Amen? Amen? You know what's really cool? A little side note. Is we had a really big clock on the back wall. And I made the comment I couldn't see it because of the numbers. And so someone got me another clock with big numbers so I could tell what time it was. And so the first clock that we put on the wall fell and broke. Literally. And then we put up the brand new clock. How long did it last, Pastor Rolly? Not even five minutes. What? Yeah, it fell and broke. So I'm telling you, there's no time with God. It's okay. It's uh, there's no, and I just looked at my, I just looked at my um, phone and I go, oh, it's 12 o'clock. Okay. So hold fast to what is good, verse 21. And then abstain from every form of evil. What's that word? Every form of evil. See, that's what makes us to fade a lot is, is, you know, the struggle really begins when all of a sudden we get tempted by those things that we know better to be tempted by. That, that the, the things that aren't glorifying to God would be the simple way to put it. The things that are evil. Anything that's not good is evil. I mean, bottom line. And so there's things in our life that we allow into our life that don't glorify God. And when we allow that to happen, we fade from God. We fade, we fade, we fade. 
And then we start having these struggles. We have, we have struggles with our church. We have struggles with our families. And then we have struggles with ourselves. That can work in the reverse for some. Some struggle with themselves so much because of uh, upbringing, uh, uh, abuse, and things like that, that they never, they never get over themselves. And I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way because the struggle is so strong and so um, a part of their life that they, they just won't interact with a spouse or their family or their church because, because they just, they're, they're afraid, they're concerned. I can't do that. I'm going to be hurt. And so together we work through those things. The God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. God wants us to fall in love with him, that our spirit might be made new. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So, you know, how we wrap this up this morning is this. The God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. That God would literally allow things into a believer's life and a non-believer. It's, it's different. It's another sermon. But he'll allow things into our life, whether we, we want to believe it or not. Like a loving mom or daddy would into a child's life so they won't get hurt, so that they'll grow and mature. See, that's kind of the hard part. See, what Paul, how Paul's wrapping this up, so many times we think things that come into our life are just things. When we have a loving God that's in full control of everything, and there's times he allows things into our, to our life to force us or make us, and be careful, I want to be careful here, hear the, everything, to look to him, that we would draw near to him. He's not going to force us to love him. He, that's why he gave us a free will. So, so don't hear me wrongly. But he allows things into our life to put us into a place where we start questioning what is the purpose for my life, where we start questioning why did this happen to me. Do we start questioning, and it's okay, listen, is there even a God? Because at least we're questioning. And God wants us to be more like his son Christ, and he'll allow things into our life to make us that way. Now you can run. You're, if you belong to him, you can run. You can even think you're hiding. Anyone relate to that? And God will find you. Because he's right with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And it's so awesome if it takes a day, a year, five years. It finally gets to that place where you just kind of go. <clears throat> All right, God. Okay. So listen, God wants us to be in unity. That's only brought about by vision. Church, God's given us a vision to move out. Families, God's put you together for a reason. Bring about his vision for your family. 
to glorify him in all that you do. Individuals, listen, God does have a purpose for your life. We gotta, we gotta stop from our fate and come back to Him. And you this morning who do not know Him as your Lord and Savior, maybe this morning's the morning that you do. The Bible says to repent. Strong word in today's culture, at least for us. But all it means, when I say all, it just, it's saying to turn, to repent, to turn from living life your way and put your trust in what Christ did for you. What did He do for you? The Bible says, that he was crucified, that he was buried, and that he rose again. The Bible says it's foolishness to those who don't believe. Why would that be? Because only the Word of God and the Spirit of God can reveal that truth to you. And I know that might even sound foreign for some, but let's pray. And if you are here this morning and you say, Pastor Tony, oh no, I'm not sure exactly what's happening, but I know God's speaking to my heart. And I believe today is the day of my salvation. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this day that you've given us this morning, this time, in your word. And Father, surely there's someone here, you're working on their heart. You're revealing to them their salvation. That they're separated from you because of their sin. And you're revealing that to them. They fall short of your glory. But the good news is you loved us so much you did send your son. It doesn't make sense in the physical realm. It doesn't even make sense maybe to our mind. But you're revealing to their heart that it's true. And even this morning, they're repenting before you. They're saying in their heart how sorry they are that they've, they've fallen away from the original plan you have for them. And that's to be with them. And they're putting their trust in your son, Jesus, even now. We thank you for that. With your eyes still closed, I'm going to ask the question. I don't do this all the time, but I want to know how to pray. I really do. If you this morning came to that place where you know God revealed to you your need for salvation, and you prayed and you asked him to be your savior, would you raise your hand? As a t- There's no one looking but me. But would you raise your hand? Is there anyone? Okay, I see you back there. Anyone else? Okay. Well, Father, we give you the glory because you alone are worthy. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to encourage you. Um, Bob talked about the connection card that we have. Uh, I want to encourage you to fill that out. We're going to receive our offering in a minute. Um, but seriously, if, if you made a spiritual decision this morning, whether a move or whether praying to ask Christ to be your Savior. And it's not really a prayer, but I guess it communicates. Or if there's something else going on in your life, um, you know, I'd like to know more about growing spiritually. Or it's right on the front. Hey, mark that and let us contact you. I mean, even if it's just a prayer or a word of encouragement. Seriously, put that down on there. and let, Let's walk together in unity and common vision with one mind and speaking the same things. Amen. More of what this is saying, that you're sensitive to things that are going on around you, that you respond to what God is speaking to you, but you test it. Don't be, don't be all emotional about it. On that video, it said it said a statement, something like, uh, you can experience emotion. And when I first saw that, I was thinking, mm, I wonder if I want to show that, if people will misunderstand. But then I, after I prayed about it, I, I, I wanted to show it. 
because there, there was a little bit of a contrast there. Created in, in the image of God, he's given us emotions. So as I saw that, I went, yeah, he's given us all emotions. Now he, although now he wants us to take our emotions and engage him in it. So if you want to know how to do this, do what, do what was preached this morning. Listen to the word of God and respond to it. And your life will change. I don't say that because of me. I'm telling you, there's there's going to be some testimonies coming. I, I just love it of what God's doing right now in our in our body as we come together. It's like so awesome. All right. So one last thing. I promise. I promise. I promise. I almost feel like a Baptist preacher. That's I, I don't know. Um, well, I'm serious. Okay. After church today, we are um, we are going to uh, teach how to do juicing. And I know, I know everyone loves juicing, right? You know what that is? You put carrots and <laughs> seen faces go, what? <laughs> no, we really are. But, uh, so if, if you really ever, if you just really, 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 really want to know how to juice, you can, you can come up and you can talk to, uh, to Trish. And, um, I'm telling you, you're going to start seeing people. When we start juicing, they're going to, their hair turns golden and it's awesome. They get, no, maybe not. Maybe not. Miss Trish? Am I in trouble? Uh, no. Oh. But um, I don't, it's nothing spiritual here, 